And in regard to journeys, I want to begin with the Buddha's story, with the Buddha's journey, namely, well, so the story goes. The Buddhist, Buddhist journey, you know, on the spiritual path begins with him um, leaving the palace that he was living in, right? He was living this opulent life. And then something moves in him and he finally decides to leave the palace gates of his home and set off into a, a very different life, of a spiritual life, a simple life of exploration. And it's interesting, when I slow down and reflect on just that movement of the heart, of that transition of that life into the simple spiritual life, that radical change, I think to myself, wow, that requires deep passion. It requires a strong desire, don't you think, to begin a journey like that? And that's what I want to share with you tonight is just some reflections on the importance of passion, of strong desire in our lives and our, in, in our spiritual path. And it's important to talk about because sometimes, you know how Buddhist world is, is sometimes they always talk badly about desire and then we think that all desires are bad, but, but it's really quite different. And I hope that's something that the, at least the one thing that you'll get out of this is the importance of being moved of being passionate and what you're passionate about is going to be particular to you in your particular life, which we'll also get to. Yeah. So tonight reflections on this kind of passion and strong desire we need in our lives in order to move forward in a, in a wholesome way, in a skillful way. And I want to begin with a quote from the, the uh, well, it's attributed to the French author uh, Antoine de, uh, de Saint-Exupéry. And he says, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the people to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. This is what's needed, right, for our lives. Uh, can you teach them to yearn, to yearn for the la vast and endless sea? So can you learn, can you teach your heart to yearn skillfully? And to yearn for that vast and endless sea that calls your heart. And again, how we articulate this vast and endless sea just in, in our group here might be quite different if we were to go around. But I love that, that metaphorical image. This is, this is where I need to begin for my life, for a spiritual path. It's the skillful yearning that drives the engine of our lives in a, in a meaningful way. So how can we discover that passion that's particular for your life and to nurture that passion? And I want to point out it's tricky, at least in the Buddhist world, maybe not other worlds, but it's tricky because it can get confused with craving or grasping. And probably, you know, we talk so much about when the mind gets obsessed about something, 
and you probably know this experience. I know this experience. It, it, it grabs onto something, you know, whether it's an idea or a notion or wanting a piece of chocolate, which I don't have, it, it can cause my suffering. So how to clarify this passion I'm talking about, this deep desire, this wholesome desire from craving, from grasping, that gives a, a sense of like the image that the Buddha gives. It's, it's like a, a rabbit caught in a snare. And I know it, it can feel like that I'm hooked in some way. And yet passion is something so different. So how to understand this? And, and I first want to point out that this quality of passion of wholesome desire, the Buddha talks about this. He, you know, he, there's a number of different words like dhammachanda, which is the sense of desire. And it's, uh, it's, it's funny, it's one of the foundations for spiritual power or potency on our path to have this kind of zeal in our practice. Or another word that's connected even with our meditation, atapi, the, the Pali word, Pali being the early scriptural language of Buddhism, is usually translated as ardent. Ardent, ardor, to be passionate, fervent in some way. It is important. So again, how is this different, what I'm talking about, passion, deep desire, wholesome desire, from craving, from grasping? And I want to first point out how they're the same and then how they're different and then give some examples. So how are they the same? You could say both, both are the pull to something that's not here, but over there. So passion pulls me to something that's over there. It's not here. It's over there and I'm pulled. And both craving and passion have that quality to them. And when I say there and here, I, I'm meaning both literal and metaphorical. These are the qualities that craving and passion have that are similar. They're intertwined in this way. How are they different? I think for me, when I sense into it, and I, I want to point out, this can be so fascinating to start to, to sense in in your meditation of how do they feel different? And for me, when I'm in contact with wholesome desire, like sometimes I'll play with this, like at the beginning of a sitting meditation of really like cultivating what I'm passionate about that day in my spiritual practice. And if I really catch the passion of it and not the craving of it, I feel there, there is the pull to over there, but it's a kind of pull that opens up here. It's like, oh yeah, I... I, I aspire to have more kindness in my life. I really want to cultivate this today in my meditation. I'm going to be practicing loving kindness. Oh, and that pull for more of that, it's like it brings me right here into practicing loving kindness meditation. It's like hereness broadens and deepens with passion. The pull somehow opens up these dimensions to the present moment. Whereas craving, it's so different. I feel the pull over there, and then what happens is here disappears. Sometimes metaphorically, or what I feel in my body is sometimes a contracting, a shrinking, or a kind of leaning forward in a way that 
yeah, not here. I want to give some examples of this just to, to clarify this. Just to give a super simple, maybe archetypal example. There is a passion or you could say a wanting that could go either way. Let's say there's a wanting to get to the top of the mountain of a mountain. When there's passion, I feel the pull to reach the top of the mountain. I aspire for that. But it deepens my journey. Like here I am in the journey with each step. And that pull directs downwards into these dimensions of here-ness and presence. And when it's craving, when I just want to get to the top, it's like I can't be present with what's going on right now because I want to be at the top so much. And then... And then what happens is I get obsessed with that and there's a striving and a tightening in my body. Right? Same, same object, but one is, is, is this deep passion. One is this craving. And there's so many examples of this. You have a, a passion, let's say, for social justice or social issues, whether it be around serving the poor or addressing issues of systemic racism or homelessness or climate change. Even like a passion for raising your children. And when it's a passion, it, it expands the dimensions of that journey around that issue. And when it's a craving, that can take many different forms, right? I get so lost in it that I get overwhelmed. I get flooded or I want all of it to be fixed right now in a way that really constricts the heart in some kind of manner. Are you hearing the difference here? Deep passion. It, it fuels our work and what we, we care about, but it keeps the, the journey alive in some way and craving doesn't, it overwhelms. And even on the spiritual path, you know, so often classically when we talk about Buddhism, so, so often, at least in early Buddhism, the aspiration, you could say, uh, is awakening, freedom. And often that can be framed as some kind of destination. And what I love is, is iterations that you find in Buddhism where it's not a, a destination, but there's always a next step, a next step to it. Or as one teacher says, unfathomable beyonds. Like the Zen master talks about um, realization and he says, there are those who are realizing beyond realization. They keep on going on their spiritual path. Or when I was in the Zen tradition, I remember often what was talked about is that the first taste of some kind of freedom or awakening, that's the beginning. <laughs> And then you have many of those. There's an unfolding of our hearts. And to me, it speaks to deep passion. I'm, I'm here for the journey in this way. So again, a, a, a curiosity about this. You know, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the people to gather wood, divide the work and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. Can, can you learn to yearn skillfully 
in your life. Right? Not getting lost in over there, but still being pulled by over there in a way that deepens here. To put it simply, I sometimes think maybe if I just said this one quote, I would have had to say this, these other things. This is a quote from Nizar Gadatta. He says, the problem is not desire. The problem is that your desires are too small. I find that such a, a great description of craving and grasping. The desires are just too small. It hasn't gotten big enough to carry me along to deepen being here. So yeah, clarifying the difference between craving, grasping, and wholesome desire and passion. And there's another piece, coming back to that quote, kind of getting clear about what, what is the vast and endless sea for you? And this is a question that I like to come back to again and again because it seems to change and shift and clarify as my life unfolds. But what is that for you? What brings your life alive? What allows your heart to yearn that deepens hereness? And I just wanna say, you know, we'll explore a little bit, bit of this and I'll touch upon it, but I wanna point out it's a whole process and there's twists and turns to it because there's roadblocks that we come across in this complexity. So yeah, I'm gonna simplify something that is complex, but I hope it, it uh, brings some kind of at least reflections for you. The first thing I wanna uh, point out in terms of this is that when I start to clarify what the vast and endless sea is for me, what moves my heart, it starts to clarify my relationship to a spiritual path. I wanna give some simple examples with this. Let's say, there's someone who's like, I'm just really passionate about what moves me is connecting with others. If I were to die tomorrow, I want to take time to truly connect with other beings today. So can you hear the passion in that? How that can be such a beautiful thing? And then when that, once that's clarified, then it becomes clear, oh, this is how my spiritual path uh, interacts with this. Well, for me to want to connect with others, I need to cultivate and have this sense of resting in presence and learning how to tend the heart so it can be kind and compassionate. Also, some other gateways. I just wanna talk about some gateways into what's the vast and endless sea for you. For some of you here, it might be what the heart is passionate about is what the heart finds beautiful. And I mean this in, in a lot of different, different ways. For some people, deeply moved by visual art or musical art or kind of the arts in some way. Or what's beautiful for others is cooking food for others or growing food or giving food. Right, there's something beautiful about it. And then more deeply, and this is what's talked, especially in early Buddhism, is what's truly beautiful is heart qualities. Even though those two examples, you might hear what's really beautiful is the feeling of kindness or the feeling of generosity or the feeling of compassion or appreciative joy when I take the, uh, 
appreciate the joy in other people's lives as well as my own. Oh, and there's something beautiful about that and it moves my heart. Or when the heart is compassionate about, passionate about social justice, for some people it's because there's a beauty in compassion, a beauty in the heart being moved in that way and then responding. Another way towards our deeper passions, and maybe you've noticed this, is that sometimes I notice that my smaller desires, the way Nisargadatta talks about it, they point, they somehow reveal the deeper desires. Like I want to share with you a, a poem by uh, the Sufi poet uh, Afez around this. He's talking about the desire, you could say, that's intertwined in loneliness, that has a deeper sense to it. He says, don't surrender your loneliness so quickly. Let it cut more deep. Let it ferment and season you as few human or even divine ingredients can. Something missing in my heart tonight has made my eyes so soft, my voice so tender, my need of God absolutely clear. It's loneliness that reveals to him the importance of his spiritual path. Now for some of you, it might not be God, but you might articulate that word in a different way for you. What are the small desires that might be pointing to a bigger desire, a deeper passion? How can you hang out with it for that to get revealed? You know, because it could be that what you're deeply passionate about is that which is sacred and holy for you. Or it could be just this kind of classical spiritual path of unbiting the heart from reactivity, or you might be passionate about the earth and the more than human world. Passionate about healing from suffering and supporting yourself and others in healing. Or it could be using that Buddhist notion that all beings want to be happy or content and noticing what the deeper sense is for you. So let's, what I'm gonna do is just for a couple minutes, I'm gonna invite us just to reflect a little bit about this of getting clear first to start to contact What's our vast and endless sea? What is it for you? And then so that we can start to play with a skillful yearning around that. So in light of this, um, what I invite you to do is just to make sure that you're in a comfortable position and we'll just do a, a short, uh, just a really short guided meditation here. And finding yourself in a, a posture that's supportive of just a, a, a kind of wise reflection guided meditation. And either closing your eyes or looking down. You might wanna take some time just to feel the body and to allow for a quality of relaxation.
as a way of arriving a little bit right now, you might want to take some time just with the breath or sounds, just to allow for a quality of presence to be here. Now I invite you to begin to imagine, to imagine that you're on top of a small hill overlooking the entirety of your life. Kind of getting a sense of the feeling of your whole life, your particular life, your joys and your sorrows, and especially the things that kind of you learned from your life so far. And as you overlook your life right now and also realize that our lives are short, they could end any time, sooner rather than later, is the case. And when you have a sense of your life right now in that sense, you might want to ask yourself, what is it that moves my heart in a wholesome way? What is that for you in your particular life? Whether it be about beauty or unbinding the heart from reactivity or healing a passionate new vision for our communities and our world around social justice, passionate about raising children, taking care of parents, caring for community. It could be simply a passion like in Zen practice, a passion for cleaning, for cooking, for growing food. Well, there might be a sense of duty in a positive way that emerges. Just taking some time in silence to reflect on what is it that deeply moves your heart? And if you find some sense of it, even if it's not so clear and there's some kind of yearning to allow that to be there. And if there's some kind of roadblock or confusion, just to make note of that, 
to have a sense of kindness around that for yourself. Okay, now in opening your eyes and coming back a little bit to our group here. Yeah, so deep passion, deep desire in a wholesome way compared to craving or grasping. Maybe just as a way to, to, to help process that a bit if, if you'd be willing you don't have to put in what your passion or desire was or anything like that but just a maybe a, a sentence or two or a word or two or how, how how that reflection was it could have been helpful it might have been confusing it might have been revealing it might have moved the heart in some way you just put anything like that in the chat box or it melt, might have felt kind of corny. I don't know. <laughs> Affirming, interesting. Nice. Enlightening. Affirming. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know exactly what the affirming qualities are, but sometimes we know what that is, and it affirms like, oh, this is what's important to me, and I can touch it again. Enlightening, confusing. Thank you, yeah. Validating, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Sensory, interesting, new beginnings. Thanks everyone, thanks for, for sharing, yeah. Revealing, it's wonderful. And, and I wanna point out, sometimes what I do from this is like, when I get clear about what I'm passionate about, it helps clarify what, I, you know, how do I wanna live and what do I need to do for a good life? Or sometimes it, it clarifies, how do I approach this dilemma in my life? Because what I notice is my mind narrows around a dilemma. Like I just had a challenge this morning. And then if I come back to my passion, it's like, oh, I know how to navigate this. I don't have to get lost in all the pettiness my mind brings to challenges in my life. And so there can be really something quite helpful around that in terms of that reflection. Oh, that's beautiful. Like my heart is tied to a tether pulling me forward. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay, so what we'll do now is let's just take two minutes to stretch the body or move the body, whatever you need to do. And then we'll come back and meditate and, and we'll I'll bring some of this into our, our meditation together. So let's just come back at 32 minutes past the hour at 7.32. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.